an old cartoon where did you find that i didn't know you were interested in such things grandpa tell me about the old days the old days yeah back when you were my age okay well after i tell you it's time to power down deal deal a long long time ago people roamed about freely with their smart devices connected wirelessly to an internet What's a smart device? Well, they were handheld devices that were quite dumb, actually. They couldn't operate on their own and required a person to ask them questions to go get answers from a search engine called Google. You mean they actually had to hold them and speak into them? <laughs> yes, they certainly did. How come these smart devices didn't know what they were already thinking like our... Let me finish the story. So people used these smart devices to go on these sites called social networks. There was one called... Uh, the name slips my mind. Uh, ah, yes, MySpace. A place where they connected with their friends. You mean they actually had friends back then? Yes, <laughs> they sure did. Pretty strange, eh? So they connected with these friends and friends of friends. Is that how you met my Nana? <laughs> yes, your grandma went from my space to my place. <laughs> so anyway, they would go out to these places called restaurants to consume. But first they checked the ratings on, uh, what was it called? Uh, ah, yes, Yelp. Yelp? That sounds like something you say when you accidentally sit on a bioconverter. Well, Yelp told people which restaurants had bad food and which had the good food. Food? They actually ate back then? They sure did. And through their mouths. Can you believe that? Gross! They were savages. <laughs> Don't be so hard on people back then. I ate through my mouth once. Grandpa, you were a savage? It's how things were. And we put more than that in our Well, the point is that back then, we drove ourselves around, cooked our food, built things by hand, and even... So people couldn't move things with their mind like they can now? Oh, no. It's nothing like it is now in 2091. That was science fiction to us back then. We even had to meet new people to help get to where we wanted in life. That's too unbelievable, Grandpa. Everyone knows everyone already. Why would you ever meet anyone? It was called networking. Back then, we were born knowing no one. We had to meet every single person, one by Networking one. Networking sounds silly. What changed? Well, 
A young man named Sedwick Edgefield invented a cybernetic autonomous robot called the Networker, which did all your networking for you. See? But he went on a show called Shark Tank with billionaire investors who all turned him down. I know Shark Tank. I downloaded that from the archives. I like Kevin. He's so dead to me. (laughs) Sedwick became so angry he vowed to become more wealthy and powerful than all the sharks combined. And he did just that. A man named Elon invested $1 trillion in the networker. Only a trillion dollars? Sounds like a broke-ass b- Hey, watch your neurotransmitters. Sorry. It's okay. So Sedwick's network grew and grew. And the technology evolved rapidly at hyperspeed becoming what we now call the Unimind. The Unimind! Unimind, Unimind, Unimind! Unimind, you'll be fine, 7, 14, 29. The Unimind is what connects us all, the result of an intelligence explosion from Sedwick's brilliant intelligent agent, which in 2027 entered a runaway reaction of self-improvement cycles, each new and more intelligent generation developing more rapidly. And by the 14th day of July 2029, creating a singularity of super intelligence. We need not to make friends, not to eat, build, or even move about, because we are all plugged in. We are everywhere and everything. Grandpa, that's so lit. (laughs) They used to say that when I was young, too. I'm going to stop saying it then. Why is that? I didn't scan that in the archives. I can't be on record in the uni mind saying the things you said. Time to power down, you little uni Testing, testing, check. Design your decade, an interactive podcast for the modern professional. Welcome to your journey to the C-suite. Welcome to another episode of the DYD Podcast, your mini masterclass in career-building greatness. I'm Roseanne Santos, bilingual keynote speaker, certified Gallup Strengths Coach, executive trainer, and if you want to roll deep in life, you need to learn how to build a squad. And I'm Rio Rocket, motivational speaker, marketing and brand strategist, actor, entrepreneur. And when it comes to building a squad, the game is in the name. The quickest way to build a rapport with a stranger is to address them by name. Most people forget someone's name within two minutes of meeting them. How are you going to build a squad like that? If it's one or two people in the room, that's pretty easy. But what about an event with 20, 50, 100 or more people? One of the most difficult things to do in a room full of people you just met is to remember everyone's names. Let's make some associations. The main approach used by memory champions of the world is to make compelling associations. The same way that TV commercial jingle gets stuck in your head all day. You do this by linking what you want to remember to people or characters or things you're already familiar with. So you walk into a group and you meet four people. Mike, David, Pamela, and Jennifer. Simple names. Mike's wearing a silver tie. David is talking about how he spent his weekend on a boat. 
Pamela is laughing hysterically. And to be realistic, you don't know anything about Jennifer. You decide you'd like to network with these four people, perhaps build a squad with at least one of them. But you want to remember all their names for the duration of the conversation, or even much longer. You come up with four scenarios with locations, people, and objects you're already familiar with and insert them in based on the first name of the four people you just met. But what's the four names of the people you just met? Forgot already. Okay, here's the memorization device so you won't forget again. First, imagine Carnegie Hall. Inside, Mike Tyson is on a silver surfboard playing the saxophone going around and around in circles. Outside at the closest pier, David Hasselhoff is driving a talking kit speedboat with Pamela Anderson laughing hysterically in the passenger seat while Jennifer Lopez watches from the Brooklyn Bridge. Mike, David, Pamela, and Jennifer. See how much easier it was when we made compelling associations with things we're already familiar with. Using vivid imagery, places, objects, and people who are already stuck in your head with the same first name, you've successfully anchored Mike, David, Pamela, and Jennifer. The more vivid and personal, the easier it is to remember. This technique is used by the greatest memory champions in the world. But you know who else uses it? Children. The reason why children pick up things so quickly is because they find everything entertaining and want to engage with it. What does a child first think about a puddle? They want to jump in and experience the fun of landing in it to watch how big the resulting splash will be. This is much more memorable than simply stepping over it, as we do with certain details we encounter in our lives. So jump into remembering names and let the imagery splash into your mind. Another memory technique is alliteration. Alliterative names are those where the first name and the last name of the person have the same letter. Bugs Bunny, Mickey Mouse, Peter Parker, Bruce Banner, Ryan Reynolds, Marilyn Monroe, Rio Rocket, Lucy Liu, Cassius Clay, Anthony Anderson, Sylvester Stallone, and so on and so on. So, of course, a person you just met isn't likely to have an alliterative name. So give them a nickname that will help you remember them. Just met a man named Michael, who's a wizard with words, Magic Mike. A woman named Penelope, who was just recently on the cover of a magazine. I bet they paid her a pretty penny. An athlete named Jacqueline, Jumping Jackie. Connect the face with the nickname as you say it in your head and only in your head, not out loud. Giving people nicknames and saying it out loud upon first meeting is a squad building fail. This technique is the simplest method to keep a large group of names fresh in your head who you just met. And if you forget one or two, there's no shame in asking someone for their name a second time. Just make sure to create a mnemonic device that will stick this time and lock it in. But who's the four people you met first? Mike, David, Pamela, and Jennifer. When you think about your squad, the first thing that probably comes to mind is your crew in high school or your entourage in college, your teammates or your sorority sisters. What makes a squad so great? They probably won't let you leave the house in that horrible sweater or with a single hair out of place. They tell you the truth, whether you like it or not. But they are also your cheerleaders. They always have your back and will come to your defense even if they think you're wrong. But they will take you to task later and in private. You wish you could take them into an interview with you. 
because they always remind you that you're smart and capable and that you can accomplish anything you put your mind to. Well, guess what? You need a squad for the company that is you. You've heard of a board of directors, right? They are a group of individuals selected or elected to hire the CEO or general manager of a business, and they assess the overall direction and strategy of said business. They are a group of goal-oriented professionals who work together to guide the mission and processes of a company, no matter the size. When you are the business, you need a personal board of directors. A personal board of directors works toward helping you achieve success, offering perspective, advice, and a sounding board. Who should be on this personal board, you ask? Think about what kind of network you need to help you reach your goals. The main purpose of your board is to offer positive encouragement, networking connections, analytical perspectives, or even differing ideas. They don't do the work for you, but are with you every step of the way. Who should I include in my personal board of directors? Well, if your board is strictly professional and career-related, then you want a range of people in your industry. I like to keep my circle close, no more than five. First, you need a mentor in your field who can offer an inside look who can introduce you to leaders in your field and inform you about upcoming opportunities. Then you need to think about someone who inspires your ambitions, someone with more professional experience or an executive or managerial role. This can be a tough ask, but the importance of relationship building and networking, networking, networking cannot be understated. This person could potentially become a sponsor for you. That is someone who speaks highly of you when you're not in the room, and they can also recommend you to bigger projects or promotions. Remember, you don't want a squad or board that is a carbon copy of you. You always need someone close who thinks differently than you or approaches life from a different lens. Someone like that helps you see your blind spots before those blind spots cause you to crash and burn. Misery is not the only one who loves company. But so does positivity and optimism. There is always an energetic, harmonious, and empathetic person on the team who finds the bright side in everything. That person is a gem to have on your board. This is one way to approach a board. I myself have a slightly different approach. My board is a mix of personal and professional. Not everyone on my board is in my career space because my career is only one aspect of my life. On my board, I have my bestie, I have a work best friend, I have a coach, a mentor, and a sponsor. One thing is for sure, no matter who you choose to be on your board, you must be able to trust them. I am an advocate of promoting someone from your personal squad into your personal board of directors. They know how great you are even when you don't. The Thelma to your Louise, the Martin Lawrence to your Will Smith in Bad Boys, the Desus to your Mero. There is also no shame in having a work bestie. Trust is everything with this person. They are everything your bestie is, but in the context of work. You can vent without fear of repercussion or your complaints getting out there. They are an ally in a meeting and a sounding board before a big presentation. I don't hit send on any email that is a response to an annoyance or controversy without sharing it with my work bestie. They will tell me to send or revise or start all over. In fact, Gallup research has shown time and again that there is a concrete link between having a best friend at work and the amount of effort employees expend in their job. For example, women who strongly agree they have a best friend at work are more than twice as likely to be engaged compared with the women who say otherwise. 
Then, of course, is the trinity of every professional board of directors. Or at least it should be. You should have a mentor, a coach, and a sponsor. You will shoot to the top with those three in your corner. You know what that sound means. Our own separate top five people we want on our squads. Sonia Sotomayor, Shonda Rhimes, Brene Brown, Rita Moreno, Tony Robbins. And my top five people I want on my squad. Just to be a little bit creative, I chose fictional characters. Danny Roman for his negotiation skills, portrayed by Samuel L. Jackson in the 1998 film The Negotiator. Ricky Roma for his sales skills, portrayed by Al Pacino in the 1992 film Glengarry Glen Ross. Princess Shuri for her knowledge of tech, portrayed by Letitia Wright in the 2018 film Black Panther. Ben Campbell for his math skills, who scored 1590 on the SAT, 44 in his MCATs, and a 4.0 GPA from MIT, portrayed by Jim Sturgis in the 2008 film 21. Ariadne, for her design skills, portrayed by Elliot Page in the 2010 film Inception. Okay, let's talk about squad members. You want to build a squad, so make sure you identify all the types of people you need for your team. Let's say you want to write a series of books. You may need a ghostwriter, a book illustrator, a copywriter to proofread, and a few interviewees for the book, maybe even a publisher or distributor. If you're making a film, you may need a writer, director, investors, casting assistants, people for production, camera crew, cinematographer, location scout, so on and so on. If you're just looking for a job in a certain industry, then you want to meet as many people in that industry as possible that can potentially open doors for you. So make sure you speak to everyone as if they can potentially open doors for you. Dismiss no one. Okay, how do you approach the physical networking aspect? Your mindset should be to have patience and aim to have one deep human connection with one person at a time. It could be just one person at an entire event. Read everyone's biography who you know is going to be in an event in advance. You can also do this when you get there. When you're at an event, if you don't know where to start, ask for a referral. This is actually how I built part of my acting career squad, which consists of agents and managers. So I'll explain to you how to do it at an in-person event and also how you do it virtually. So let's say you're at an event with anywhere between 50 and 100 people. Walk up to someone and introduce yourself. Say, hey, I'm kind of lost here. I just wrapped up a film or wrote a book. Or I'm interested in this, this, and this. Or I do this, this, and that really well. Can you recommend anyone here that I should speak to? They'll give you a recommendation, thank them, and ask if they can introduce you. If the logistics don't work out, you know, maybe that person you're talking to is already in a group of people or the target person you want to meet is really far away. Just thank them and walk immediately up to the other person. Tell them you were just speaking to so-and-so. You do this, this, and that, or I just completed this or that, and the person who referred you thought you'd be a good person to chat with. Very honest, very transparent, and very simple. If you're trying to sell or pitch that person something, don't do it face-to-face. Unless they solicit, come with your idea printed out with your contact info. Say, hey, I know you're really busy here. I know a lot of people want to talk to you. So here's an idea I had. Read it at your convenience. My contact info is on the back. Don't try to impress the person. Don't try to one-up their stories 
And don't say me too to everything they say. Even if you have everything in common, give really short answers. Pause after your answers and wait for a response. Don't run on and on and on. Unless you're telling a story or you're asked a question that warrants it. Even then, keep it short. Brevity is powerful. Less is more and more is less. If you're trying to break into groups of people, just ask to politely join. Say, hey, everyone, I'm new here. It's my first time at this event. You mind if I join? Offer to buy them a round of drinks or whatever you can to persuade them to let you into the group. If they say yes, introduce yourself to everyone and get everyone's name. This is where the memory name game comes in handy. If you can remember everyone's name in that group for the duration of the conversation, you will instantly make an indelible mark on them. You'll be doing something over 90% of all people won't be able to do. Even if you forget everyone's names five minutes after you walk away. Doesn't matter because you should have collected business cards and you've already left your mark. If there are five people in that group, at least one should lead to a future personal connection. In terms of geography, the real estate within the room, I'd say work from the outside in. That is, speak to people around the perimeter first, then move inward because people closest to the wall will probably be the least active or most relaxed unless they're in a corner surrounded by a mob of people. As long as this isn't the case, it's a good place to start. If you're doing this virtually, it's the exact same premise. In virtual, there isn't any geography because the internet is boundless. The only difference is you're sending emails, private messages through social networks, or making phone calls. Don't go at people directly. Ask other people for referrals. LinkedIn is the perfect place for this, but any other social network can work just as well, depending on your industry, of course. Ask for an introduction or contact the person directly you're being referred to. Offer to email them a pitch, an idea or proposal, and move on. I've done this many, many times, more than I can count. It works. It works. I'll say it again. It works. For added support, look outside the box. Consider someone who would make you do a double take, who is not part of your normal network and can come from an entirely different neighborhood, so to speak. The Pew Research Center released some data that said we are more likely to be surrounded by people like us in identity, race, socioeconomics, and education. In The Leader's Guide to Unconscious Bias, the authors recommend a network audit. Who do you spend your time with? What organizations do you support? And what establishments do you frequent? We often have circles that are reflective of us in our own experiences, which means we have to work hard to get additional perspectives. You can do that through diversifying the professional networks that you join, even by expanding the authors you choose to read. Make an intentional effort to expand your lens through how you learn, what you consume, and who you choose to spend time with. Stay open-minded and remember these relationships are a two-way street and should never be taken for granted. Warning, you may want to reconsider having a parent, spouse, or boss on your board. Those relationships are delicate and don't always follow a set of rules. Those boundaries are delicate and your board has to be a solid group that won't fall apart or fall to ruin if one of these three relationships does. When building a squad, just look to make one deep personal connection per week. Not per day, just one per week. Play the long game when you network, network, network. 
It's a game changer, and it'll change your life. Building a dream team of professional experts who are invested in your career takes time, thoughtful consideration, and adaptability. But the wealth and knowledge of insights you gain are limitless. And we'll wrap this squad building episode up with the health tip of the day. Health tip of the day, building strength. Find yourself short on time but want to build strength throughout the winter months to prepare your body for the spring when the summer rush begins? If your goal is to build strength and your time is limited and you can only choose three exercises, here they are. Weighted or loaded carries is something that every person can do, no matter what the strength or skill level you are. Simply pick something up and move. In the gym, these are known as farmer's carries. When you grab equal weights with each hand, holding them by your sides, and then you walk. But you can do this with just about anything, from very light dumbbells to a single object or even with another person on your back. Increase the weight gradually to keep it challenging. Trap bar lifts. A trap bar is a type of deadlift in which instead of a barbell, you use a hexagonal bar that you stand inside and then lift. The advantage over a barbell, which you grab from the front, is that with a trap bar, you can stand more upright since you're inside of the bar itself. It's easier on your spine and has a more fluid motion. The real-world benefit is that if you do these consistently, you'll be able to pick things up off the floor with ease due to an increase in core strength. Third is the ever-popular squat, but with a twist, alternating squats with push-ups. By doing alternating sets of squats and push-ups, you're stimulating your heart rate to increase and getting an added cardio benefit. A few sets of these, and you'll be sweating in no time. But be easy, because they're very taxing on the body if you've never done them before. Stick with it, and it won't take long to notice the effect this simple circuit has on your overall physique. Outstanding. And that's your health tip of the day. For LinkedIn services to boost that LinkedIn profile, executive coaching for those in corporate structures, or creative coaching for those in creative fields, contact us at coaching at designyourdecade.io. For podcast-related correspondence, contact us at podcast at designyourdecade.io. And we'd love for you to rate our podcast, subscribe and share on your favorite podcasting platform. with 6,000 business cards to hand out to everyone, everyone, everyone. Go team! D-Y-D! Uni mine, uni mine, uni mine. Uni mine, you'll be fine. Seven fourteen twenty nine. Uni mine, you'll be fine. Seven fourteen twenty nine. Uni mine, uni mine, uni mine. We are everywhere and everything.